नमस्ते अदिति नमस्ते स्वाति हाय स्वाति हाय नमस्ते सो अदिति एंड स्वाति डू यू हैव योर कप ऑफ चाय बिकॉज़ वी हैव सम इंटरेस्टिंग डॉक्टरेट यस आई गॉट माय अदरक वाली चाय रेडी एंड आई एम रेडी टू गो So Swati Chaturvedi is the founder of Community Bollywood Dance Project. It's an outreach program uh, which uses uh, Bollywood dance as a way to bring about change. So uh, Swati, tell us about how CBDP came to be. So 2007 my daughter was born and when she was um an infant still I had taken time off from work so I had off ramped and I was working in corporate um in sales client services back then and I started uh teaching dance because I wanted to introduce my own daughter she was 18 months and you know little kids they love moving to music so with that i said okay there's no classes for her but let me start teaching she was a very good toddler you know she would sit on the side never an interruption but you know that's how my classes started and um and then from that an idea was born that i don't want to just be a bollywood dance instructor teaching classes i want to do more with it mm-hmm. and i wanted to do community outreach I didn't know exactly what but I just knew I wanted to create community using Bollywood and uh, Bollywood dancing. And so that's how out of the blue this inspiration and this idea for a community Bollywood dance project came. Mm-hmm. I had no specifics at that point. Mm-hmm. And then as typically these things happen, you know, I think the in the next few weeks and months the first project that developed was that i was volunteering for a therapeutic horseback riding company back then and they had their fundraiser coincidentally called the festival of dancing horses and so i volunteered to do a bollywood choreography for their big fundraising event mm-hmm. and in that piece we had about 42 people and four horses and that was part of the song was moja hi moja and it included the students which were various individuals different ages with special needs mm-hmm. their parents families um the staff and volunteer and of course me and my daughter was in the stands watching but in this manner you know here we were all these different people coming together sharing a dance experience Mm-hmm. for a fundraiser so we did this performance for about 800 people and that was how the first project happened and from there on i just knew that as and when things progress i just wanted to do more community engagement work bringing people together using bollywood dance wow let's backtrack just a little bit you mm-hmm. mentioned that you were in sales and corporate and then you went to dancing and horses and bringing up your toddler like where is that jump how did that happen like did you leave everything to do with your corporate job and then you immersed yourself in this new idea new project that you had or was there a bit of both going on for a while and how did it all happen So everything is its own little story. So horses, I do believe that my love for horses comes from a past life because I have not grown up around horses. And in India, my extent to my horse experience was when you would go for like a vacation with family like Mussoorie or something and then you do that one little ride up and down the street. Yes. And so, you know, I I I have this this, 
love for horses that I, my mother tells me when I was about five, uh, we were in Germany for two years back then. So she would say that, you know, I, it was one of the shows would come on. And again, I don't remember now whether it was a version of the Black Stallion, Black Beauty or something, but I would stand up by the street and be like, horsey. And when I came to the U.S., I, I used to drive and find myself rubbernecking at this farm because they had horses. And so one day I walked up to this woman, this random person. I, long, I, I still remember long driveway and I knock and I told her, I said, look, I just I rubberneck every time I drive past your farm. How can I get into horses? Is there anything I could do here to help you out? Could you direct me to some places? And so she directed me to therapeutic horseback riding volunteer program, which was not even on my radar. Like I knew nothing. And so that's where I actually got to have my first experience working around horses. And I was someone who wouldn't even go near them because they would intimidate me. Right. There's this majestic beast that is, but now I was, you know, taking care of the horses, grooming them, you know, walking them around for the students and all of that. So it's amazing how life takes you from one unrelated, you know, milestone to another. And then lo and behold, here I am doing Bollywood dancing for a fundraiser. Four horses. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Therapeutic horseback riding. Tell us more. (laughs) So therapeutic horseback riding. So when you are riding, you know, it's not just the horse that's doing all the work. You need your balance. You need to be using your core strength. You need to be actually very actively engaging your own muscles um, to ride a horse. So therapeutic riding is in itself, it's a therapy Mm. that is, you know, that is uh, subscribed to a lot of individuals to help with all kinds of social, emotional, physical issues they may be dealing with. And so for the program, the volunteers where they come in is that, you know, they need people to make it safe. So you have volunteers either guiding the horse or on both sides. If someone has balance issues, you just walk on the side. So they feel secure that, you know, and physically you are securing them in case they, you know, they have any balance issues. Mm -hmm. So those were the kinds of ways that I was involved in. And for me personally, and for all the volunteers who do this, you know, there's a lot for horses. You get to be around them. Mm -hmm. You get to tack the horse, untack the horse, groom the horse. So you end up having your own bonding time with the horse while you're also doing something, you know, to be in service for all these individuals with special needs. Mm. And then throw in Bollywood dancing. So, it, you know, it just became a very unexpected, joyful thing. Did you actually learn dance and did you, what type of dance did you learn? No, so I'm actually not a trained dancer. I'm not a classically trained dancer. So in my mind, one day I will be in my mind. I, I dance. I want to dance like a classically trained dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find that both Bharatanatyam and Kathak, they are such beautiful dance mm-hmm. forms. Yeah. And, um, but I'm not a trained dancer. However, I am a dancer. That's been my joy as a child. Mm-hmm. Every, uh, you know, every school event that I could be a part of, like I was one of the go-to kids, you know, that your music and dance teacher counts on for events. Right. So dance and music was my thing. Um, and I never, ever considered doing anything in any professional capacity but dance. But I've been a constant dabbler. So 
you know, in India, it was a lot of different folk styles. So I did, you know, I've lived in Haryana and Punjab. So we did our Gidda and, you know, Pangara. And um, in Haryana, I don't know the traditional name, but like the Haryanvi folk dance, I've done a lot of that in school. And then uh, I'm from UP, my family. So we do our own UP folk songs. So actually folk music is very close to my heart, even like Gujarat and Rajasthan's folk music. And um and then Bollywood, like I feel like when you live in India, you grow up with Bollywood. It's, Absolutely. So, so that's how it all started. I was always like dancing through, through college. And then when I came here, even though I wasn't doing any structured Indian dancing, I started taking ballroom dance classes mm-hmm. because I'm a dabbler. So, you know, I did some of that. Um, and then up until 2009 is when I finally started teaching dance classes in Bollywood. As I hear you talk, the one thing that comes up is the love for movement or the fact that you find you come alive with movement, whether Mm -hmm. it's horse riding or it's there. There is that sort of this is the common thread that I feel runs through everything that you have talked about. I love it, Aditi. Actually, you know what? You made me pause because I, I'll be honest, I've never thought about how like, let me tell you first why, why that does speak to me. Because as, as I was listening to you, I was thinking that, yes, the movement when I'm on a horse, um, if I, I find it very meditative mm-hmm. and I chuckle because I could explain it this way. If I don't focus, I'm going to fall down. I'm going to fall off this horse. So I am very much present. Mm-hmm. And, but, there, but, you know, jokes apart, um, I am fully present when I'm riding. And I love learning. I absolutely love learning because if I can be fully present while I'm learning, whether it's the movement or um, if it's something that I'm, I'm trying to think of a skill that doesn't involve, I mean, because I also do yoga, so that's movement. Um, or even if it's like learning how to draw or paint. Mm. If we are fully present, it becomes a meditative um, exercise. Mm. So for me, dance and move and, and writing, mm. uh, I know that that hour that I would be doing the activity when I come away from it, I would suddenly feel so refreshed because I didn't worry about my, the rest of my life Yes. for that, you know, period of, of um, time. But Aditi, you definitely helped me, help me see, and that's why it's so beautiful. Yes. You know, clapping <laughs> claps for you here, Mother. but it's so wonderful when someone reflects something back to you and you can say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Movement is something that, I find very meditative and mm-hmm. horseback riding. And I know we haven't talked about it, but um, I also practice a lot of yoga and it's all the same. It just makes you feel good mentally and physically. So then to go on to the next part of your journey, which was uh, taking this to the community, teaching dance, and also like my earlier question. So have you left your corporate life behind? Is that a thing of the past and you're focusing on your dance and community outreach right now? So, yes. Yeah, so at the time that I was doing my first project, my second project at that time, CBDP or Community Bollywood Dance Project was just a passion project. Even though I had taken a year and a half, it turned out that it ended up being a year and a half off. I did go back to the company I was working with. I continued to do more of, I believe I've been, I've, I've done uh, 
I've done both, even when I went back, both client services and sales. But eventually, I think in 2014 is when I then took my next break. At that point, I had two kids now. Mm -hmm. And so since 2014, yes, I have left it behind. And um, I've been doing more of my my own projects, CBDP. And um, right now, I'm also a program director. So I'm employed now as a program director for a nonprofit in Philly called Dancing Classrooms Philly. Which, again, it's interesting how where the journey takes you. Here I am doing more of like, you know, bringing dance to, this time ballroom dance kids to students at schools. And then also ki- just kids, not just students, but kids, whether it's in schools or in, through community organizations. So, yes, for now, the corporate life is, has, is kind of behind me, but... Who knows? I never knew these chapters would come, you know, show up. So I'm very open to what life brings me in the future. Did you have any fears as you left something behind and just jumped into your passion project? Fears, I like challenges. that passion project. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Um, of course I did. I had so <laughs> many fears. I still do. That's um, How do you overcome that? Because I think that's that's what we need for inspiration. Because a lot of us may have passion projects in our head. And I, I probably have a hundred. But, you know, you can't just leave everything and say, this is what I'm going to do now. So that's how I'm thinking. But I want to hear you. Yeah. I think what has worked for me in general, like, I, I find that I'm a multi-passionate individual. And I end up doing, you know, when I sometimes look back, I go, wow, I did so many different things. And that was fun. So I think what works for me is I follow my joy. So if it's something that I know will bring me joy and I, then I tend to look at it, well, should I do this? Well, why not? So I think I, I make a lot of my decisions with why not. It's amazing how sometimes some things are just meant to be and they are the easiest decisions you make because you just have a gut feel about them. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bollywood was too. I can tell you that at different stages of my CBDP journey, I have sat thought, overthought, analysis, paralysis, and not being able to move forward, but starting it, I just Mm -hmm. knew I had to do it. Uh, I knew it would make me feel joy. Um, But from that point on, there's been so many times I think when I've tried to do too much, I've tried to, it should look a certain way. Success should look a certain way. I should do. When I've gotten into this could, would, should, that's when I felt the most fearful and because now I was forcing it to happen, I, and then any, how I overcame is I literally would have to say, you know what, Swati, you started this because it brought you joy. And along the line, I found, I found that my reason for what I do never changed. It was always about, um, you know, to, now I put it succinctly to say, I inspire joy. I empower people. Mm. I empower individuals and I bring people together. That never changed from the beginning to now. Mm-hmm. So anytime that I feel that fear and I, and I realize that that fear comes from, <laughs> I'm overcomplicating things, step back, mm-hmm. let it be. And also, I think we then start putting these success markers in our, in our head and we start forcing that success needs to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, like right now, I'm doing a project that to me, like, I can't tell you the amount of joy it brings me, and I'll, I'll get into it um, in a bit. But those things will come to you. You will manifest the projects you're meant to be, meant to do. But just back up 
Let the universe do the magic. Just follow your joy. I guess the the question is now, you know, your the community project is sort of moving along, right? I know I went onto your website, which is really very informative, and I looked at all the stuff that you do of outreach uh, or bring Bollywood dance to the public at large, right? Um, tell us about that journey. Like, how has it been? What were some of the challenges that you faced? Again, when I reflect back, uh, the thing that has not changed is and is that it's been about joy. It's about celebrate life. But I can tell you that when I started out, it's not like I had very clear goals mapped out. Like this is the kind of projects I wanted to do. This is who I wanted to serve. Mm. But followed my joy, and um, I ended up. If I think back, like I've done a lot of work with uh, individuals with special needs. I've done classes, Bollywood dance classes for them. I've done, been to a lot of schools for special needs as a teaching artist, mm-hmm. and um, and right now my my the project that's very close to my heart. If you can, even so, so let me say this and let me get your reaction. So I am right now in the middle of a pandemic, teaching at a school for the blind. Oh. So we have our students are in individuals with visual impairments and also just. No, no eyesight, so they're blind. And I'm teaching them over Zoom. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I, and I know that that's the reaction I usually get. And I share that. It's like, wait, wait, Zoom, Zoom part gets you. And um, so how it works is that they are in pods of like three at their school. And uh, some of them are joining from their homes. So they have a teacher, some aides there. Some of them do have, you know, visual impairments and again, just different special needs on top of any issues related to eyesight. Mm-hmm. So, so some have other physical, you know, limitations as well, but uh, music is what connects everyone, right? So, and then also when you're teaching, then you just have to make sure that you're giving all the cues mm-hmm. that you can, descriptive words. So for instance, even a simple Namaste, I can model it for you in person. You will see it or on camera. Mm. Easy, right? We take it for granted. But now if I told you, and sometimes when I teach, I close my eyes when I do this. Okay, bring our hands in front of our bodies Mm. and then bring the palms together. Mm. Open the fingers, fingers touching, palms touching. And then, you know, that's your namaste. Mm. And so everything, you just slow down. But it's, I can't tell you how rewarding it is. And this is something I've wanted to do for a few years, actually, ever since my husband's work at their workplace, they did an, a day of impact volunteer work at a school for the blind. Mm-hmm. I had this idea that one day I want to teach mm. school, you know, at a school for the blind. And years later, it just, it happened. It happened because I'm a teaching artist with Musicopia, which is another non nonprofit in Philadelphia that brings art programming to uh, you know, the schools in the tri-state area, mostly both, again, through my own CBDP relationships and also through Musicopia, I've been able to do a lot of work in schools. Mm-hmm. In uh, So there's two kinds of programs we do there. One is an assembly, which is the whole school. Mm-hmm. And then the other is a residency program where you go in and work with a specific grade for four, six, eight, ten weeks, you know, at a stretch. Mm-hmm. And then you're learning not just dance, but you're learning so much about Indian culture. You take them on a cultural journey. Right. So, you know, you talk about 
India, culture, people, clothes, customs, traditions, language. And my goal with all of this at the end is that they walk away not just with an appreciation for Indian culture, but that once they open up their mind to one culture, that they can begin to see the beauty in diversity. Mm. You know, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So can I ask a really, uh, a really basic question about that, right? You're talking to to kids who know probably very little about what Bollywood is, what what it is, and and if they're special needs and and perhaps uh, visually challenged, they they have no reference at all, right? Uh, what are some of the things that you tell them about Bollywood? Mm. And can you give us a few Bollywood songs that always work? You know that that they connect with, yeah, right. So Bollywood dancing is um, is just a vehicle, mm. right? It's uh, it could have been a different dance form, but so related to that, a thought that I want to share is that you know we all have these gifts that we don't realize we even have mm-hmm. because we look at ourselves as like there's so many experts out there today that unless we feel like we are an expert. Uh, we must not have enough to give. Mm. So I am not a trained dancer. I'm not from Bollywood. <laughs> so, but I do know Bollywood dancing yeah. and my intention of how I want to use it. So for me, it's a vehicle. What I focus on with that is that, you know, what I love about Bollywood, first of all, is that the, uh, the dance form itself, it's very relatable because it's a fusion form. Yeah. So it's it's not a classical dance where there are rules that you follow that you practice for years before you can you know even perform but bollywood you know it it blends so many different styles that it's about self-expression at the end so what i emphasize when i teach bollywood dancing in these community settings is we are here first of all to have fun to experience joy. So second, express yourself. I often have the kids do choreography with me. So you can bring your own choreography. And I think Bollywood dance and music is great for that. And the most important thing is storytelling. So how do we make sense of what we are doing together? And how do we end up being in sync? Because we focus on the story. So for instance, my absolute favorite song, it has been, I think for the last couple of years, is Nachadene Sari. Because the words itself are, are everybody is dancing yeah. together. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've used that song quite a bit. But we start off with like, okay, so the setting is, it's a wedding song. Here we are saying, you know, this boy is hopelessly offbeat. And I'm, and I'm, if you're listening to this, um, we are also doing this on our screens right now together. So yeah, so basically I'll walk them to how to hold their hand and then offbeat shake that head as you say oh you know he's whole horribly offbeat but to the girls and then I'll walk them through the mechanics of how to hold their hand and how to tuck it under the chin Mm. he's very sweet so when you and then I tell the boys especially this is not about you we are telling the story of another boy like the man who's getting married so when you turn it into a story then that's where the focus is to just follow that thread Mm. and have fun with it. There's no tech. We don't do technique work in these community gatherings. And then before you know it, five, seven, eight minutes later, you know, you're all in sync dancing together. And then, you know, then it's fun. And you've created folk art right there. You've created community (laughs) and, you know, a piece of folk art, music, dance. And it's lovely that she's, that you're using 
a wedding because it is, doesn't matter which culture you're from and where what mm-hmm. your background is everybody yeah. recognizes well, weddings as being sort mm-hmm. of this joyous occasion and uh, it's wonderful when i am in the community settings there whether it's a whole classroom or i've done projects for instance at the reading journal market at the philadelphia zoo and uh, you know people who are there they're just there to have a good time it's not all dancers it's so i can tell you that the majority of people who end up in these kinds of community workshops are people who say I really enjoyed the idea of dancing but I'm very self-conscious doing it especially in a public setting mm-hmm. because hey we are our harshest harshest critic mm-hmm. and Correct. to them I say first of all no one's looking at you because they are too worried about themselves yeah. <laughs> so no one's paying attention and and I am a hypocrite too because when I I cringe when I look at my own videos and then i try to remind myself swati no one's looking at you nobody cares about this more than you yeah. but uh, you know ultimately just tap into that joyful feeling of yeah. dance because it brings you joy uh, we don't move enough because we are constantly judging ourselves just have fun with it yeah beautiful no i i i love to have fun with dance except i need to get more dance into my life somehow mm-hmm. i used to do the gym and they had bollywood dance there So mm-hmm. I I just used to go dance like everybody else gets the step so quickly and I'm still saying oh which side did they turn did they turn this side or this side so I constantly have that conversation with myself like oh you're not you didn't get it you didn't do enough of it but what I realize is that when we are dabbling with our first or second dance class or first or second or maybe third instructor we haven't done it enough to know which dance class is actually the right fit which instructor mm. is actually the right instructor for us mm. so and and that's the conversation that unless someone's having with us or we are really focusing on that gets left out we immediately jump to are you know i'm not a good dancer are mujhe to hota nahi hai are you know and self deprecating is easy and you move on and but the thing is no it's it's just a faster paced class than you needed at this moment right. if you started with something a little more basic then you can move to the next level right. so that's something i remind myself a lot too and uh, that's why i just wanted to bring it that you can find a different dance class that speaks to you but keep doing it like you'll find if if it's important to you like if it's not no big deal there's so many other ways to you know i think express experience joy in this world but if dance is your thing please don't give it up and don't give self judgment before you've actually invested in a few different avenues so inspirational uh, yeah. but this thing that you talked about adrak wali chai ah. and yes. yes please tell us more how do you make your tea <laughs> so i love my chai with a lot of adrak very little sugar and to all of those um who love their elaichi in chai i'm sorry but please do not put elaichi in my chai because it takes away from all the other goodness <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I like my chai if I sometimes like oh and I absolutely love tulsi and if you cannot find indian tulsi grab basil mm. it works great wow learning new ways to make tea this is the first time i've heard the tulsi really good then if you are having any throat issues like a sore throat scratchy throat add some kali mirch and that's your chai so that's how i like my chai oh main tumhe bachalo Cause I'm a new kind of.